as well. So, but obviously, as we said, this is our summer series, so it's a little bit peeled back, and uh, we'll hopefully be finished shortly after 11 o'clock. But um, uh, we're really blessed that you know we have so many people in our um, church community and our family of uh, that uh, uh, are really here and respond to what the the Word of God is saying to them and to and to what. Uh, his uh, Holy Spirit is uh, ministering to them and you know we're really privileged today we're, we're blessed that uh, we've got three really powerful ladies that uh, first one is Jasmine uh, Taylor and then uh, Jenny Rose is going to come and share and then Amy Seath is going to share as well and uh, but um, really looking forward to hearing what they have to say but uh, you know as I said before a big special welcome for those that don't know me my name's Phil should have said that earlier but uh, I think most of you know who I am so uh, uh, and um, so well, I don't, uh, before we, you know, without further ado, I don't know whether Jasmine, here she is. Why don't you welcome Jasmine to the stage, Jazz Taylor. Uh, Jazz, uh, how long have you been here now? Three years. Three years. Three years she's been here. And Jazz uh, also uh, looks after our primary uh, kids, she's our primary kids coordinator at the back, so those of the parents would probably know Jazz well, and uh, so we're really blessed to have you come and share today. And um, for those that don't know, Jazz lives in our house, so she's uh, a real daughter in our house as well, and we're blessed to have you as well and, to, and hear what you have to share today. Thanks, Jazz. Amazing. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here. And just in true kids' church fashion, I had to bring a prop. So, yeah, without further ado, I love seeing you all here. You're definitely not my normal age demographic, but looking forward to sharing with you a little bit about my last year. Now, aside from kids' ministry, I'm also doing a Bachelor of Community Health, and I just study that online along with working at Baker's Delight. So ending last year, I had not started either of these two things. The Bachelor of Community Health hadn't started yet. Neither did I have a job. However, in December, after graduating two years of doing a discipleship program here and living in Melbourne for two years, I entered into a relationship with the wonderful Dimitri, who was at that time living in Tasmania. So while I was in Adelaide, I decided to set my year upon finding a word for the year. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you before have gone and sought out a word for the year? Show of hands. Yeah, a good amount of you. So good. Um, yeah, so this is something I hadn't done before 2019. And yeah, was called to find out a word for the year through prayer and yeah, just in this place, I really felt called to the word of trust. Now, after two years of being in a course, in COVID, I thought I'd learnt what trust looked like. So what was trusting God in 2020 going to look like? But in doing this, I also picked a verse for the year, and I put that up in my room every day without a doubt. Now, this is a pretty popular verse for you all. But it's Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, and it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, what was God going to do with this verse in my year? So with this verse, I'll put this back down, but with this verse, I started in January pondering, okay, 
How am I going to be trusting in God? And unfortunately, I started the first week of January with some pretty sad news of losing a really close family friend. And my sister-in-law's sister um, died in a tragic accident. So in this time, I struggled. I struggled with questioning why. Why would someone so young disappear so unexpectedly, so quickly? And where is God in this? Why did, would he do this? I was definitely trying to make sense of it all on my own, trying to come to this conclusion. But then I realized I just had to step back and let God. With this reminder every morning, hanging up in my room, just sitting there, being read every morning, I had to try and understand, even though all of my heart just wanted her to be back, I just had to lean on God. I had to lean on the community and trust in the household that he put me in and the support I had in them, my life group and the girls that he'd surrounded me by, and Dimitri, even in Tasmania, just being able to support me over the phone. So in this, I learnt to trust And in January, I thought it was done, that trusting in God was done and dusted. I completed my word for the year in January. Check. So, however, of course, this is just the beginning. Trusting in God then led me to looking for a job. How would I trust in God looking for a job? So, as many of you have probably struggled with this, looking for work can just be turning in application after application and maybe getting little reply, maybe getting some interviews. But I found this a very tedious task and quite disheartening for a a month or so. I definitely was starting to lose little clarity and understanding of how, what door, how it was all going to open up. When a close friend reached out and mentioned about applying to her workplace, so with this in mind, she was like, I'll oh, just shoot my boss a message. So I just shoot, sent a text message over to her boss and the next day I was walking in with resume and ready for an interview. Walking into my first interview, I was like, okay, what's all the interview questions going to be and all of that. And I was in and out within five, ten minutes ready for a trial. I don't know if I got asked any of the typical interview questions, so I'm still yet to have a normal sit down interview but I walked out with a trial for this job so even though I had minimal confidence walking in God still provided and God worked through others so he showed me that I wasn't alone but that I could lean on my community as well and listen to the support of others as well so yeah so I learned in this as someone that was very highly independent that trusting in God also meant trusting in God's community, that we need to let God be God and we need to let us just work through his will. So with that, I then continued on with the year and had Dimitri move in six months, move over six months later, not move in, um, <laughs> From Tasmania. (laughs) Uh, 
and ex as exciting as it was to have him around and have him here, it was definitely nerve-wracking. As someone who was highly independent, the idea of actually not just having a big red button to hang up and go back to what I was doing kind of thing was very nerve-wracking. It meant I couldn't like hide my tears or hide any emotion or anything behind a screen anymore. It was real. This relationship was real. So, and I wanted to hold on to routine and I wanted to hide behind perfection and just what I looked like behind a screen. And it's so easy to like turn away from the camera for a minute or whatever, but that wasn't the plan. However, I had to remember, just like this verse that I read every morning, to trust in the Lord with all my heart and to lean not on my own understanding, that regardless of everything else going on, I had to know that God was in control. I had to know that even though Dimitri had put aside everything in Tasmania to come and be here, that God had a plan in that. So in this, I learned that God not just works through me, he doesn't just work through my friends and my community, he works through Dimitri and I needed to trust that. And as I began to trust Dimitri and trust the community around, walls came down. The lies that I had built within me had dissolved and I just learned that I didn't need to hide behind perfection. I didn't need to be alone, that God had someone in store for me. He had people surrounding me and that I'm so worthy and so loved. And this all stemmed from the belief of trust and so much more. So my encouragement to you is that no matter what this next year is going to look like, no matter what you're facing, to just trust God in it, to anchor yourself onto a word, whether it's trust or whatever else God's put on, just anchor yourself to that point and that truth that God has aside for you. Because we are human, we are skewed, we aren't perfect, but we don't need to be because God is God and we are just man. So hold on to that trust, hold on to that word that you've got and hold on to that truth, Look, that God is with you, that God is God and you're man. So surround yourself with community this year and we're all here for you and I'm grateful for you all over this last year. Thank you. So with that, thank you. So with that in mind, I'm going to invite the wonderful mother figure, Jenny Rowe, to the stage this wonderful, ambitious, talented woman has so many avenues that she's involved in, and I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. Hello, everyone. My name is Jenny, and one of my greatest achievements in life is being a mother. My husband and I reared two independent and strong-willed daughters, Madeline and Charlotte. Our oldest daughter left home to follow her dreams of becoming a singer, and she's currently working um, as a radio announcer in Brisbane. And our youngest daughter left home n not to follow the, the career of her dreams, but the man of her dreams. I still am and always will be a mother, however, that renders, rendered us empty nesters. And at the same time, we had, um, as Jasmine talked about a discipleship course, we... Um, uh, the part of the discipleship course is that you have the students live in your home. So two of them left within a matter of six months. And I think that, you know, Josh was with us for nearly seven years and Joram 
about two and a half. So I think that sort of added to the whole empty nest. Yes, we've still got Zoe living with us and she was a student that did um, the discipleship course as well. But I think really, you know, it really hit me that, you know, four people in like the matter of a couple of years had left home. It was funny when I looked up the up empty nest and you click on more definitions. There isn't any. It just is a parent whose children have grown up and left home. So, you know, there is so much information, lots of books written about dealing with the empty nest. It's actually classed as a syndrome, the empty nest syndrome. I read about the three key characteristics of empty nesters. Grief. Empty nesters can feel a deep sadness and may even begin to experience the five stages of grief. And those five stages are denial. And I think, well, obviously, there's no denying they've left home. (laughs) Your children have gone. Anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. You know, you've got to accept that, yes, you know, that you've brought them up. And and I think I was just thinking when I was sitting down before that, um, you know, when our children are young, sometimes they annoy us and you think, oh, I can't wait until they leave home. But then when they do leave home, you go, come back, you know. So I think, you know, when your children are little, really enjoy the stage, every stage they're in, absolutely. Um, Emptiness. You may feel like a boat without a rudder. Your life can suddenly feel empty. Fear and worry. You might be uncertain and afraid of your life ahead. And I read somewhere it says, how long does empty nest, you know, those feelings last? And it says, a mother may feel worthless, disorientated and unsure of what meaning her future may hold. However, most mothers adapt in time. Psychologists suggest, and maybe Pastor Zoe might know, that it may take between 18 months and two years, that's a long time, to make a successful transition from mum to independent woman. Anyway, when Charlotte drove off, she was the last one, you know, really to leave home. And I felt sad and, you know, it was pretty, um, it was a lot, her leaving. So I thought, okay, wow, I've got all this time to myself to make a transition, you know, a transition from this mum to independent woman. So I thought I might um, take up my hobby, experience life. Well, firstly, I thought I'd do a candle course. So I, I logged online, joined up for a candle course. The COVID was, you know, COVID hit then, so I did it online. I bought a big bag of wax, some candle wicks, some fragrance, did the course, still no candle. So, but I've got a big bag of wax, that's for sure. And then I thought I might try painting. And some of the girls from church and I did a painting course during COVID online. And we all were at our, you know, respective homes and, you know, it was really fun. So I bought some paints and canvases and did a couple of paintings and decided that while it was enjoyable, no, that really wasn't my thing. So I thought, what next? So when I was younger, I used to look in a shop and go, wow, I really love that dress. So I'd make it and, you know, especially with evening wear that was, you know, five, six hundred dollars and I go, I can make that. So I did, you know, when I was younger, but I thought maybe I need to get back into sewing. So I got my sewing machine serviced and I bought some patterns and I saw this really lovely dress in a shop and I go, hmm, do you know what? I used to be able to do this. 
So I got online and I looked through seriously 200 pages of patterns and I found the dress I liked on the pretty well the second last page. And I thought that, that was so annoying. Anyway, still no dress, haven't made it yet. And I thought maybe gardening's my thing. So Scott, my husband there, will attest that I'm not a gardener. I pretty well kill everything inside. So I had this um, beautiful ivy in a, um, was shaped in a, like a circle. Anyway, it died. And I think Pastor Andrew's got this problem too where he kills stuff. And I've got a, I've got a mint bush that died. So, so I went down to the nursery and I said, look, can I buy some ivy? And I said, because my ivy died. And she goes, oh, if you're killing ivy, I don't think you're a gardener. <laughs> and I go, oh, that's so sad. Anyway, but I, then I started reading about women in their, or women and men in their 50s doing amazing things. For example, did you know that at age 62, J.R. Tolkien published his first fantasy series, The Lord of the Rings, 62. Um, Walter Hunt, you probably don't know who Walter Hunt is, but he invented the safety pin at age 53. And imagine, you know, a woman not having a safety pin. So, you know, at age 65, Colonel Sanders started KFC. He was 65. So while I don't think I'm going to do something incredible like invent a safety pin or open a fast food chain, I'm slowly discovering who I am apart from being a mother. I certainly had times where I was feeling lost and empty, you know, but I was looking in the wrong places to fill the void. I remember crying, talking to a friend, saying that I felt my life didn't have meaning or significance anymore now that I was not mothering. <laughs> anyway, I'll start to turn around when I completed a course and I highly recommend it, doing it if it comes up again. Emotionally healthy spirituality. Both the course and the series on spiritual practices last year really helped me to become more committed to doing a daily Bible study. I do the U version online and look, if you don't do, a, well, you know, I'm sure everyone does a Bible study, but if you want to do one online, the U version is fantastic. And it really excites me because it, it gives you a streak of, you know, how long you've been doing it for. And every day I go, wow, look at, you know, I've, how long I've been doing it for and I do not want to break that streak. So I'm really committed to it. Everything I was reading, scriptures, comments from pastors was of course made me realise that I was searching in all the wrong places. I was trying to do activities to fill the void that only God can fill. Psalm 32.8 says in the Passion Translation, the Lord says, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway of life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't, take, don't make me tug and pull you along. Just come with me. And I thought, wow, that's good. I read a quote from John Bevere, um, who's an American evangelist, I suppose you'd call him. God will build your character so you can thrive in your calling. Don't run from the trials. They aren't detours. They are your training ground. If you want to live life to the full like Jesus promises, I have to prioritise my relationship with him. There's, um, Zoe and I went to the Red Hill Market a few weeks ago. 
or, you know, a month ago. And there's a lovely lady there who sells sea glass pitchers. Now, sea glass is a glass that um, is washed up from the ocean. It's probably like a smashed beer bottle or something like that. And some of them can be really old. Um, And I said to her, um, did she keep looking for glass? You know, she said, yes, it's like she never stops. It's a lifelong passion. And I, I read an interesting fact about sea glass, and it's a symbol of renewal and healing. And just like that sea glass lady, we should never stop, stop pursuing what God has for our lives. I'm discovering what my gifts are, and I need to use those gifts to serve others. I realise it's not about me, it's about others. We've got to use the life we have been given to give others life. And I'll close with this, these couple of scriptures. Psalm 37, five, give God the right to direct your life and as you trust him along the way, you will find he pulled it off perfectly. Psalm 119.37, help me turn my eyes away from the illusions so that I may pursue only what is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk on your paths. And just the, I suppose it's not so much an encouragement, it's more of a challenge. What are you filling your life with that is taking your focus off God? Now, I'd just like to invite Amy Seether. Now, one thing that I really admire about Amy is that when she is, you know, maybe put in a role or whatever, she does it with all her heart. She's so passionate about it. So I'm sure that you'll look forward to hearing what Amy's got to say today. Good morning, church. It's really nice um, to be back together at the start of a year. Uh, I thought I might start by introducing myself. Uh, So I'm Amy. I've been attending this church for about eight years, believe it or not. Um, And yeah, that was a photo. You can put that up. That's my family. So I'm a mum of two boys. That's Archer, who is six, Hudson, who is two, and my husband there. Uh, We're about to celebrate our ninth wedding anniversary uh, this coming week. Nine. I know. Pastor Andrew was there at the start. Um, So when I was reflecting on my year of 2022 uh, and all that God did in my life, um, it was really a year of him just kind of going back to the start, taking me by the hand and helping me find rhythm and routine again, as I'm sure I really struggled with, but I'm sure a lot of us did after the years prior to that. Um, It was probably the thing my life group prayed for me the most about was, dear Lord, let Amy find a routine so we don't need to hear about it for the whole year. But um, they're really gracious in that. Um, But that's when I look back, that was really, it was a year of me um, just slowing down to be able to hear his voice. Um, I work in uh, in administration in a pretty busy emergency department. And early in the year, there was a night where um, I was finishing a shift at one in the morning on a Saturday. As I'm finishing, I'm calculating, you know, how much sleep I'm going to get. I had church um, the next day, and I was in the baby's program at the back. So I was going through the to-do list in my mind, and I need to get in my car, I need to get home, I need to do this, then I'll get in bed, and I'll maybe have six hours. And, you know, doing the, the list. And uh, this shift that I work is what we call a float shift. It means no one else finishes at the same time as me. It's just me walking out this long, dark corridor to my car to get home. Um, but on this shift, I noticed there's somebody ahead of me, which was odd. Um, I had my good pace up because I'm going to get in that car. I need to get in bed. And as I started to pass this person, I realized, oh, this is one of the doctors I had just been working with. 
as I passed her, I said something like, oh, late night, and she looked at me quite wearily, and yeah, it was a pretty bad one, and truthfully, it was one of those shifts you kind of never want to have in an emergency department, so I empathized. I said, yeah, it was really awful tonight, wasn't it, and then kept going. I had a places to be, people to see, you know, so I had my pace up, got in my car, put the key in the ignition, and I felt God say to me, what's the rush? Oh. What was the rush? You know, I, um, I sat there for a good five minutes thinking, why am I rushing? What's more important? Like, I just missed a massive opportunity to make somebody's day a little bit better. Because what, I needed that extra five minutes of sleep? Like, as if that mattered? And um, it really, I felt so convicted. Because um, what's more important? So I brought it to my life group, which was great. Because um, had I told anyone else, they would have just said to me, like, you see my kids, I'm a busy mum. It's one in the morning. Who's thinking straight? Who has, you know? Instead, my life group uh, were great and said, yeah, you missed it, Amy. You really missed it. Um, but they were there for me for the year to try and help me stay accountable to, yeah, I need to slow my life down. I want to prioritize what's actually important. And it's hearing that voice of God. And... Um, being the instrument he calls us all to be, you know, he gives us opportunities every day. So God in his graciousness um, gave me another opportunity later in the year. Um, there was another shift I was working where a woman who early 50s had come in the emergency department in a critical condition with something that comes on quite suddenly. And truthfully, it's not something people generally recover from. And I'll let you in on a secret. I don't actually pray for every single person that comes in the department. I know, that's a bit controversial. Um, but on this shift, uh, this woman comes in, and um, I'm just doing my small role of admin, which is updating her file with her family all standing in front of me. And I just felt that prompting, that small, quiet voice of the Holy Ghost. And I'm thinking, well, what can I do? Like, you know, I'm just the, the clerk doing a little bit of typing. But I just felt the prompting. So in my mind, it was nothing dramatic. It was nothing um, extrovert. You know, it was, it was just in my mind. I just prayed a really quiet prayer to God and petitioning God, Lord, give this woman more time. And that's it. I just repeated that in that shift, like, Lord, just give her more time. Uh, she just, just give her more time, Lord. Um, God, in his graciousness, I found out later on, he actually gave her four more days. And... Um, I was really impacted by that because I, I didn't do much. I didn't lay my hands on her. There was no resurrection. There was none, none of that. But um, I felt God say to me, like, I hear you. I hear the quiet prayer. And um, he answered it. It was, yeah. So it, it just gave her family time to say goodbye. Um, Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's my encouragement to you um, as we start uh, the year afresh, 2023. May we position ourselves in a way where we can actually hear the voice, that quiet, still voice of God. Um, but let us also have the faith to respond. Yeah, thank you. Sorry.
So good, eh? Well, they were fantastic, all three ladies, and just so powerful, just what's uh, being shared. I just, I know it's really spoken to my heart already, and, uh, um, you know, just each one, just uh, that uh, element of just really, you know, trusting in what God is, is doing, like for, like Jazz said, even, you know, even when she thought she'd already done, you know, keep trusting again, God, there's more, there's, you know, but uh, it's almost like the steak knives in it, but wait, there's more, you know, so, uh, um, you know, that God is doing, and then for, for Jenny, you know, just uh, uh, with, uh, you know, what are you filling your life with, um, you know, what, and, and we can, we can get so busy, uh, I know that's one of my big issues, we get so busy with life, and just with work, and everything else, and what are we filling our life with, so, you know, what is it, and for Amy said, uh, you know, that priority of what's more important, um, you know, that opportunity and uh, brilliant, you know, uh, sharing there, ladies, and uh, it's just so powerful. So uh, um, why don't we, uh, we're going we're gonna to finish off and, um, uh, and you know, for the day, and as I said, these are, these are short services, but, uh, but I also really want to make an opportunity. Uh, if you, something really has been spoken today, um, and you'd like someone just to stand with you in prayer, maybe these, uh, one of these three ladies as well could really just pray uh, with you. So um, why don't you stand to your, to your feet right now anyway, and let's just finish off. And, uh, um, and uh, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're speaking to us in this time. As, uh, we thank you even though we are, many of us have you know, been on holidays or still on holidays, Lord, but it's still a time of really uh, hearing your voice hearing your quiet, still voice at times that just speaks to us, guiding us, leading us. And we just thank you that you're always there, Lord. And uh, through all the circumstances, through the tragic circumstances we heard from, um, you know, really in all three of the ladies, it's, you know, real shocks in what's happened in their life. You know, Jasmine lost that uh, relative and... uh, um, you know, for Jenny is, you know, just a real major change and shift in her life. And uh, for Amy with this uh, circumstance of the loss of this uh, person that, uh, uh, but Lord, just what are you saying to us through all of this? What are you wanting to speak to us? What opportunity have we got to really step in and, and just hear what you're saying to us and to really step into all of it? Lord, we just really pray that each one of us would just really hear your leading and guiding. Lord, that might be through something in your, in your scriptures, in your word. might be something that's been spoken from the front. might be something that part of our community, you know, God's community would just share and speak in our lives. might be something we see in nature. might be something in your creation that we, we see. Lord, we just thank you that you would continue to speak your word clearly uh, into each one of our lives, that you would lead us, you guide each step that we take, and uh, that our, our each step would be ordered by you, Lord, that uh, we'd be led by you. And we just thank you for this special opportunity. Thank you for this week that each one of us would be, uh, again, that opportunity to be used of you and just uh, um, to hear from you, but also to take action to take a step, to take that step forward in, uh, in what you're speaking to us. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week, as I said. Please.